0: Welcome to Ready Comics Roll where each week we discuss a topic involving comics, video games, tabletop and all the other geeky things that we love. Don't forget if you enjoy what you're listening to to rate, share and subscribe. See, it's not enough to attain power. One must also maintain power. I'm Mike. You're a big bad vampire. Hey, great, congrats. Now keep it to yourself. I'm Eric. You're in a dark setting in LA and it's it's night. And everybody else is asleep, but you're awake. For once, everything is going your way. And the blood that beats through your chest is not necessarily your own. The world of vampire has been a very, let's say, up and down (laughs) circumstance. (laughs) I've been a big fan of White Wolf and what they've created with Vampire the Masquerade for I don't know how long now, 15 years, 15 plus years, something like that. I've
1: been been, uh, playing Vampire the Masquerade in one form or another since high school, which was years ago. It's been a part of my life uh, since I was a teenager. It's been part of my uh, tabletop video gaming and live action role playing uh, life. Um, It's even television. (laughs) <laughs> no, we don't really talk about Embrace. Kindred the Embraced all that much. But, well, for those who aren't familiar with White Wolf and with Vampire the Masquerade, because White Wolf really is so much more than just Vampire the Masquerade, but let's face it, you if you've heard of White Wolf, you almost certainly heard about them through Vampire.
0: Yeah, Vampire, vampire and I want to say Hunter. Have been their two most prevalent entities that have kind of traversed multiple things. Mainly because Hunter had the, the, uh, Hunter and Hunter the Reckoning had like three video games. Very much in that, like, Diablo, uh almost like uh, hack
1: and slash. Like, they were the uh, they yeah. were the
0: uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, but with vampire hunters. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were those isometric like RPGs where you'd move through a map and try to you know uncover puzzles and gain levels and, and kill things and get so skills. many things. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, they
1: were more, uh, I feel, well, or, or at least uh, Hunter: The Reckoning on PS2 was more of like almost a twin stick shooter, but yes, very much along those same lines of the, you know, just murder so many undead.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the first, the first Hunter game, I don't remember what it was called, but. I don't remember the tagline to it, but the first Hunter game that had come out also kind of felt like Twin Stick Shooter. Except if you play played the uh, like Mighty Hunter who had the the broadsword. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it felt like Diablo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I mean, even then, by the time those came out, uh, White Wolf had still uh, had already been going strong yeah. for over ten years. I think the first version of Vampire the Masquerade came out in Redemption. No, 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 I'm talking about the tabletop books. Uh, 1991, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. (laughs) I didn't do any research for this. I
0: I believe you are correct. (laughs) It was either, it was either 91 or 92, somewhere. 90 or 91, I think. Early 90s, somewhere around there. But, so, for anyone
1: unfamiliar, uh, White Wolf started out as a tabletop role-playing game producer, uh, which I believe Werewolf, The Apocalypse, was their first IP, but it wasn't the first to market. Because like White Wolf, as you would guess from the name, are kind of more of a fan of uh, werewolves. Or at least it's always felt that way. But Vampire was always their, their big vehicle to yeah. get out to people.
0: It depends upon who you ask at White Wolf. I'm sure <laughs> there's still those those souls there that are very much more in kind with the werewolf game.
1: Yeah.
0: But they've had such a Harrowing journey, as it were. And that's kind of why I wanted to end up talking about this this week. Because I've been, I've been kind of keeping up with LA by Night in the worst fashion possible. I watched all the YouTube episodes. Because I don't feel like expunging money to either watch it on, uh, I don't even know what the streaming network is called anymore, but they're on some other streaming network. And then they also are streaming live. On Twitch, but I don't watch Twitch as much as I used to. Most of my most of my internet content is consumed through YouTube because it's easier for me to watch a VOD than uh, you know a video on demand than it is for me to try to catch a live stream. Absolutely, um,
1: I know I'm the same way. Unfortunately, like I would love to catch more live streams,
0: but uh, who has the time? <laughs> well, it's more or less like I always forget day of important live streams. Like I, I've got one live stream that I'm I'm trying to set in my mind to watch because it's a 24 hour live stream and it's for charity. And it's by a guy that I've, I've watched pretty much since he came up at, as a YouTuber, uh, a guy named MF Pallytime or Walter. He primarily did Heroes of the Storm for a very long time. He, he was with Heroes of the Storm video, like making videos with that since it was in like late alpha. But anyways, back to back to the actual main topic with White Wolf having gone through Their tumultuous journey to get to where they are now, and having quite a few tumultuous journeys. Yeah, a couple like like, there was the whole like weird thing where they ended up getting into the lawsuit battles with like literally everybody who did anything that had vampires and werewolves in it. Yeah, um, (laughs) like it seemed like that at least because you had you had it happen with uh, Underworld, and then it happened with there was another franchise. I remember uh, uh, uh,
1: that um, if I remember correctly, this is all like old internet lore, but White Wolf tried to sue Underworld, and then Anne Rice stepped up and said, hold on, you basically stole your entire concept from me, so there might be something, uh, you know, if you're going to say they stole from you, we might have words.
0: Yeah. Um, And then no one wants to battle Anne Rice. (laughs) (laughs) You don't fight with Lestat. (laughs) But I mean, the mythos... Behind White Wolf, or behind their their world, the world of darkness. Yeah, the world of darkness has always been, with the exception of New Wad, I think, fantastic. <laughs> I we will get into New Wad at some point, um, which I'm going to be.
1: You you'll be the defender of. I will absolutely because I in the tradition of me having garbage opinions on everything, <laughs> I'm the guy that likes fourth edition D and D. Hey, and right. You're not you're
0: not alone in that. I like fourth edition D and D too. I like fifth edition more. But yeah, no. Uh, but but yeah, New World of Darkness was
1: its own its own bag of worms. Uh, I have screwed up that analogy. Uh, so, <laughs> no, it was a bag of worms. <laughs> but so the original World of Darkness, which was their shared universe across their four hundred and sixty seven thousand different games. Let's That's see. not an
0: accurate number,
1: but <laughs> I know it's pretty close. So you had Vampire the Masquerade, you had Werewolf the Apocalypse, Mage the Ascension, Wraith, Wraith the Oblivion, God. Changeling the Dreaming. That was Mummy. Think, Mummy the Mummy was one of the last ones. Then you had like you had those five. Like the core it was five. Mummy the Resurrection. Mummy wasn't... the Resurrection came. <laughs> I in later. had to make
0: sure I was correct.
1: Um, you had Kindred of the East, which wasn't didn't follow the rhyme scheme at, or the naming uh. scheme at all. Don't hate on KOE, man. I
0: love KOE, but no, the (laughs) fact that it didn't have a tagline on the bottom of it kills me to this day.
1: You had, oh god, what else was there? There was um, Hunter the Reckoning.
0: There was There was two different hunters. There were the mage
1: hunters, like there were the human hunters, and then there were the hunters for the post... Um oh god this could turn into a uh, I could give you the full lore breakdown of World of <laughs> well, Darkness we're all, but we I can get into that. So
0: <laughs> so in in their world there's a essentially a vampire apocalypse coming and that that's kind of what led the game from the early 90s or into the 2000s and the the the, the game always kind of had a weird time limit ceiling placed upon it because and it, well, it wasn't when they, just a vampire
1: apocalypse. Like
0: every single one
1: of those genres that I just yeah. mentioned had their own apocalypse that was coming.
0: Yeah, and that's kind of always been the thing. Like the only one that the only one that I guess never came. Was Mummy the Resurrections? Because that was I, the one that was supposed to be the end of the world, not just the end of their resurrection cycle. I well, no, I believe that Mummy
1: the Resurrection was covered in Time of Judgment, where they just kind of lumped in everyone that wasn't a core big seller. Once again, we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves. So basically, all of all of the World of Darkness had a built-in doomsday button, where one day, depending on which one you followed. Either the elder vampires would rise up and consume all of the younger vampires and all of humanity, or the worm, which was the, kind of the uh, embodiment of darkness. The the antithesis of werewolves. uh, The antithesis of werewolves, the antithesis of creation, basically, would destroy all of creation. Wraith was the first one to have their own apocalypse. Oblivion came in, I believe,
0: 1997 or 1998. Because the game well, wasn't the, the making game, money. The game was literally like, and the the thing is, I always find this fascinating with them, with the fact that they do write in their own like doomsday button. <laughs> they wrote in Wraith's doomsday button, like literally, like we this can happen at any time, exactly. And that and- was exactly that how they had it set, and and they at, back then, because you know this was the the early to mid nineties, even going into the late nineties with with what happened with Wraith, they had their website and it was it was you know just this black panel page and they put up a doomsday clock Uh each time one of the storylines was coming to an (laughs) apex
1: uh yeah because they did one for i believe they did one for oblivion i believe they did one for the time of thin blood uh the appearance of the red star they did
0: one for gehenna
1: they did well yeah of course they did one for time of judgment but i mean like come on um, but they like with Wraith, uh, the it, as I understand it, the series wasn't making money, and so they decided to end the book line, but instead of letting it fade out or doing what any game company can do, and this is where I really, truly gained respect for White Wolf. They brought the world, which was part of their interconnected world, to an end. And, Very
0: drastic, but not complete end, which is one of the things that I kind of want to get into about what happens in yeah. later Chronicles. But And it,
1: to kind of give you an example of how batshit insane White Wolf storytelling gets, <laughs> um, the way that Oblivion ended, or the way that Oblivion came, was... I want to make sure I remember this uh, accurately. There was a war between the ghosts. Wraith was was basically the ghosts of the world taking place in the underworld or the shadow realm or there were like nine different names for it. But the place where ghosts do. (laughs) And there was a war, uh, an ongoing war between the eastern kingdom, um, you know, Asia and Eurasia and all that area there
0: and western ghosts. And because they had not forgotten, forgotten the atrocities of the past, apparently. Exactly. And
1: just to make things, you know, just to make things poetic, I guess, and horrific, the way the war ended was that the, oh, I can't remember the, his title. He wasn't really a king, but basically the king of the Western Shadowlands detonated the, what is basically the ghost of Baby Boy, the nuclear bomb that they dropped on Hiroshima, on to the King of the Eastern Kingdom's army in the middle of the Maelstrom, which is a giant storm in the middle of the Deadlands that I, you have to read it. <laughs> um, and it caused the storm to kick into high gear and turn into what became the 6th sixth, sixth Maelstrom. I think it's the 6th Maelstrom. I told you, I did no research for this. This is all off of memory. But the, the Sixth Maelstrom, which would be the final great storm that erased the Deadlands from history. That's one of the more mild and least complicated storylines that D- White Wolf would ever do from that point
0: forward. <laughs> <laughs> so, with the end of Wraith, we we got a lot of weird things happening. Some Some vampires got weaker some werewolves got weaker because they had they had ties to that to mm. those, those realms. but giovanni were screwed <laughs> yeah so and that was kind of the thing the interconnectedness of their world a lot of things played off of each other and that incredibly was one of the, incredibly well and incredibly in a in a way that like yes some factions were at odds you, you had vampires and werewolves who just didn't really get along. Mainly because werewolves were the protectors of life, essentially. They, were, they, they, they saw themselves and were raised and bred in a way that they felt that it was their duty to maintain a sense of the balance natural pro- of balance of life and the natural progression of things. Which
1: is why I always hated werewolves, because they are actually the good guys. In the world of darkness, and the world of darkness doesn't need
0: heroes. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas the vampires, again, are the antithesis of being natural.
1: They are literally a pause in the cycle of life and death.
0: Yeah. So... Besides that, everything else kind of worked in a it, like. Actually, everything just kind of played with wraith. That's the one thing I, that I <laughs> always can say. Everything played well with wraith. Nothing else played well with each other. Really? Well, like yeah, everything played well with wraith. Well, it depends on what, intera- you, what you mean but the by playing well. Yeah. The inter <laughs> Okay. So the interactions between all all groups were always possible because of the way that White Wolf White Wolf made the books and made the the game balance in a way. Mm. Some things had a better hand. At, Certain things than others, obviously, you know. Do not get into a fist fight with a werewolf. Exactly. Do not get into any kind of fight with a mage. <laughs> he will turn you into lawn furniture. <laughs> some things, yes, were very game-breaking and very unbalanced. Uh, entropy. I And that's like with,
1: just to kind of get into more, some of the things that are out there, like Mage the Ascension was always one of the more interesting concepts um and it was literally if if werewolves were the
0: good guys of the universe mages were the hippies Uh, mages (laughs) were the hippies mages were the um
1: we're gonna stay out of everybody's wars (laughs) we're gonna stay out of everybody's wars we're gonna play with these crystals and we're gonna just find peace in the spiritual realm man yeah so a and i always was fascinated with the with the progression of their story Basically, the idea was that magic used to be a much more common and powerful thing in the world.
0: Hell, there's an entire there's an entire group of mages that their entire their entire existence is based on free love. Right, this is true. This is true. <laughs> they are literally called the Cult of Ecstasy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, the uh, the
1: the Age of Reason, like the Enlightenment and the rise of Western philosophy and whatnot, kind of sa- sapped. All of the magic out of the world, and as you learn if you get deeper into the lore, it was actually a purposeful changing of the guard by a group that would eventually become known as the Technocracy, which were all based on technology that was indistinguishable from magic. And they, and to show you how those things kind of played together, this fed back into Werewolf, because Werewolf had this di- dichotomy of, uh, or not dichotomy, trichotomy, I guess would be the <laughs> word. But you have the, the Weaver, the Worm, and the Wild, uh, the Worm being a force of destruction, the Weaver uh, being a force of balance, and the Wild being a force of, of growth and life. And the Technocracy was basically a massive... A arm of the weaver trying to maintain structure and order and balance in the world and it gets so complicated and so much of my life is devoted to knowing this stuff
0: (laughs) and there's a there's (laughs) a chunk of our brains that just retains this information for no good reason other than just in case we ever play a vampire game ever again right or if i ever want to run another multi-generational
1: End of the uh, end of the world game that like I ran a game that uh, lasted in game anyway one hundred years that tried to tie all of this crap together to build towards the end of the world, which kind of brings us to um, we're skipping a little bit here, <laughs> but Oblivion led into the Time of Thin Blood, the rise of the Hunters, the beginning of the Reckoning, because Gehenna. Gehenna. <laughs> well, a Gehenna is the end point. Gehenna is the vampire apocalypse. But, fun thing. So, you know that thing with uh, with Oblivion where, like, you know, it destroyed the Deadlands? So, it didn't destroy all of the wraiths. It didn't destroy all the ghosts. It kicked them back out into the real world, into the skinlands, as they called it, and just kind of randomly distributed them in a bunch of bodies. And you had a zombie apocalypse just come to life, but not like... And yet, they never did zombies.
0: They never did like zombies, the thinging thing. <laughs> <laughs> zombies, the <friends. laughs>
1: There, there were rules for playing a. Uh, oh God, what were they called? Revenant? No, it's not Revenant. Uh, oh, a Risen. Uh, there were rules for playing a Risen, but you never had like you know zombie the Risen. Or whatever. Like, it was never its own standalone line. They were more a foil for the Hunters. Because, basically, overnight... Yeah, um, well, there was, there was a Risen, the blah, 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 or something. No, th- I don't think there was. I could be wrong. I, th- uh, I could totally wrong. I think be it was wrong. after Changeling. I think it was. It may be. But, well, no. Oh, there was Orpheus. Uh, Orpheus was their game line that focused mostly on... The after effects of oblivion, yeah. But and that that also went back into the spirit realm and whatnot. It did. It's complicated. And I never (laughs) got too far. I never got (laughs) too far into Orpheus. Funny thing that also happened. Oh, uh, like I was going to say, overnight, zombies became the single most populous supernatural creature on Earth. Like there was only ever at any point like ten thousand vampires, maybe five thousand werewolves and whatnot. Like White Wolf had a whole list of like. This is how many of these things there are. And all of a sudden, there were like 50,000 zombies in, like, New, in, uh, North America alone. And that gave rise to the Hunters. It also gave rise to one of my favorite game lines, Demon the Fallen. Mm. Um, So, bear with me here, because this is gonna get weird. So, dropping a bomb in the middle of a, of a massive undead hurricane. Also cracked the gates of hell. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> For some reason. Not much, just small enough to where the weakest demons could get out. Um, like the bigger, more powerful demons couldn't. And this also ties into, uh, White Wolf's whole, a cosmology of where they weren't actually demons, they were just really powerful ghosts who thought they were demons. It's complicated. <laughs> but, and it also depends on who you, which, Part of the canon, you believe. Yeah. But, so demons now were walking the earth, possessing human bodies. And then you had the time of thin blood. The weakest generation of vampires started being able to... Vampires, you know, as if you're familiar with any vampire lord, vampires create other vampires. And as is pretty common, the more generations removed you are from a master, the weaker you are. All vampire... Lore goes back to Cain, like, of Cain and Abel faith. And now we were getting into the 13th, 14th, and 15th generations removed from Cain. And you started getting daywalkers. You started getting oracles that could, like, actually see the future. Vampires that were basically half-human. One of them gave birth. Like, one of them actually got pregnant and gave, gave birth. Real end-of-the-world type shit. You know, Ravnos Awakening.
0: Ah, the antediluvians.
1: This could get... Yeah, this (laughs) could get convoluted. So,
0: (laughs) there are clans in Vampire the Masquerade. And each of the clans goes back to a descendant of Cain. Uh, Well, third generation. So, two steps removed from Cain, basically. Cain had kids. Kane's kids had kids. These are those kids. (laughs) (laughs) They were bastards. One of them being Ravnos. Ravnos also being the name of the clan, which Ravnos isn't actually his or her name,
1: but it it, it's just easier uh, to go complicated.
0: (laughs) Their powers were muddled to begin with, and they're essentially uh, (laughs) they were part changeling, kind of. So they're nomads. They're uh, Uh, gypsies.
1: uh, Hey, that's a slur, sir. <laughs> um, to, like Very much based on Romani culture. Yeah. The traveling bandits and charlatans. Kind of stereotypical. And uh, if Disney can call them gypsies, I can call them gypsies too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so what the Ravnos were were illusionists. They had the power to craft illusions. Very much like you would see in vampire movies where a vampire can make like a, a dank... You know, abandoned house look like a bourgeois. Bourgeois.
0: Yeah. Bourgeois. <laughs> bougie. They can, make, yeah, it look can bougie. make it look bougie. So, with the antediluvian of the Ravnos Awakening, we have this thing that they refer to as the Week of Nightmares, which kind of leads into the uh, era of Thin Bloods and right. also later on. What is the now Red referred? Star. Well, what I'm going to refer to as the now second Inquisition or the third Inquisition hey, or whatever yeah, kind of. Um which was technically Gehenna, but we're not going to talk about <laughs> Gehenna because again, White Wolf put in a, a a doomsday button, but they really don't want to press the one on vampire. <laughs> they did, and that's how they got new Wad and
1: Well, that's how, like, they uh, fun story. Actually, I was in the room when they announced the time of judgment line. Time of Judgment, you've heard me use the term a couple a couple times, was their line of books that ended the world of darkness. Um and this is what all of these storylines are building up to. And they had they basically had one for the three major games. They had Gehenna for a Vampire, Apocalypse for a Werewolf, and Ascension for Mage. And then they also had a book just called Time of Judgment, which was everybody else. And you could and each one has if, if you ones. had
0: too many if you had too many doomsdays, it just <laughs> became time of judgment.
1: Well because, well no, it, it had individual doomsdays for each of them, they just didn't devote an entire book yeah. to them. But and it was kind of up to the storyteller. Uh, that's the term that White Wolf uses for uh, Game Master is storyteller, because the games are very much about telling a story. Yeah. Uh, we're focusing a lot on the lore here, but if you've never played a White Wolf game, it is a very personal experience. It's not like Dungeons and Dragons. It's not like, you know, your typical hack and slash RPG where you get a bunch of cool powers and you go out and fight the monsters and loot the corpses. It's you get a bunch of cool powers and
0: then you sit around in a museum and argue with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one of the biggest things about playing Vampire is it's a power manipulation game. It's it's more about creating your own personal story for a character that you come up with. Like, it's it's a play in your own mind, regardless of whether you're playing at LARP or you're playing at tabletop. Playing at tabletop, just feels like you're LARPing with less steps. Basically, yeah. And <laughs> almost- it's the lazy version of <laughs> LARPing, because you're sitting down and you're still, LARP- you're still role-playing in live action. Mm-hmm. You're just not getting up and doing things to kind of perform these actions.
1: I, almost every tabletop vampire game I've ever played, people showed up in costume, or at least kind of in costume. Like, they'd have, like, a hat or some sort of personal effect that, like... Run out their character
0: glasses when they yeah. don't wear glasses. Typically, a but. fedora for no freaking reason <laughs> other than
1: to wear a fedora. A pair of fingerless gloves if you were more of like a bruiser type character. A cape if you just happen to be playing a toriador. Yeah, that was me. <laughs> but uh, and nipple tape, it, nipple tape. Oh, the nipple tape. And it wasn't just nipple tape. It was full. Like I made a costume out of bondage tape. For those of you. Uh, for the visual at home, I'm about a hundred pounds overweight, and I rock that shit. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it is very much uh about getting into your character, and and I'm not knocking D and D. Like I've played in D and D games that are were very much character driven. Yeah, but D and D is very much a mechanics driven game, whereas Vampire is at its core a much more story and personal. A role-playing there there have been times game.
0: where i have played well I, I, and I, i'll go back to this because essentially mage the ascension was my first experience really i'm um, so sorry <laughs> mage the ascension larp was one of my actual like <laughs> it, it was originally a tabletop game and then we transitioned to larp and it was literally we, we created the characters in tabletop and then we the larp books came out mm-hmm. the, like the later on that year and we were like Let's transition to LARP, because we're pretty much, we all got together and we were dressed up anyways. Why? Right. Because we, it was a group of people who also played Amp Guard together. Okay. So oh, we yeah. were already technically LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> just, whatever. We're nerds. It happened. So we transitioned into that, and there were game sessions that we had where no one rolled dice. Yeah. Oh, We absolutely. got through entire sessions back to back at one point, where it was literally, we got through most things by just kind of either bullshitting... <laughs> like I completely convinced my storyteller that my character could do something that I knew I couldn't do. And he knew I couldn't do beginning at that that, that, that night. But then by the end of that night, he was like, wait, can you actually do that? I'm like, <laughs> dude, I need like three more spheres to be able to do that shit.
1: <laughs> and that, that's some of the fun of, uh, of role playing. I'll, I'll actually kind of an anecdote, uh, based on the whole, you know, sessions without, uh, rolling dice. I did once attend a LARP that, uh, I made quite a few people angry, (laughs) because at some point in the game, in the course of the night, and it was my first time there, and this is a game that had been running for years, and I showed up with several friends who had also heard of this game, and at some point my character got into an argument with another person's, with another one of my friend's characters, like not even someone who was part of the game long running, and I threw a punch at her. (laughs) And I would later find out that that was the first time in like two or three years that two players had engaged in any kind of combative action with each other in that game. Like the game was entirely built around intrigue and, and personal politics and basically just dealing with uh, players versus the ST, not players challenging each other and uh, what we would always call throwing chops. Uh, in live action uh, vampire, or live action white wolf, you play rock paper scissors.
0: It's or play a really weird game of high low. If you if you if we'll was, get we'll there, get to that. We'll get there was to that, that. <laughs> there was that
1: adaptation of it as well. But um a, and yeah, that was the first time. And apparently, a couple people like suddenly I got a bad reputation because there were a lot of people that were kind of angry that we had introduced that to the game, um, which I totally respect because you know that's something that's. I feel is almost unique to White Wolf's uh, method of gameplay and storytelling is that you can just get
0: to re- get together and basically form an improv troupe
1: yeah. with your friends.
0: And, and the thing is, is that until you make a Bruja frenzy, there probably might not be a throne punch. <laughs> <laughs> so insider jokes for yeah. those uh, for those few vampire aficionados. <laughs> well, you don't really. Have you have ever heard of it? Uh, Bruja is
1: basically everybody's first vampire character. I know it was mine. <laughs> yeah. um, so mine was actually a Torridor, Sadly, oh god. <laughs> so not not to get too deep into the into the actual mechanics. So we've mentioned a couple times the uh, new world of darkness. So White Wolf <laughs> actually nutted up and ended their world, and it wasn't. A, I give them infinite credit for this because it's a massive undertaking. It wasn't because like the games were failing. Uh, in fact, they were pretty much almost at the height of their popularity at the time.
0: Yeah, um, at least it. And <clears throat> this is the thing. So there, again, 90s Internet culture and then breaking into the early 2000s, it created this world, like global spanning troop called the Camarilla, which is mm. actually named after a faction
1: of within vampires the vampire. within the
0: vampire games <laughs> and within their mythos. And the the Camarilla created essentially a whole bunch of forums and this website and kind of globalized vampire games and kind of kept an ongoing story tied to White Wolf's canon and what was happening in the world to kind of go along with that. And the story was set at the date. Like, mm. anytime you showed up for a game, it was that day.
1: Yeah, it um, was that day. In the city that you were in, and people would travel to different games, or more common because you know, not everybody has the money to go around and like fly themselves People out would to play at conventions engines. and stuff. Uh, people would play at conventions, or you would. Uh, I was, I actually played in the Camarilla for a little while. I don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> but people would actually NPC their characters out and basically, you know, mail their character to the storytellers of a game and be like, you know, my character's gonna show up at this game, they're gonna do this, that, and the other thing. You know, and the storyteller would play that character, hopefully not get you killed while you weren't even in the room. Preferably. 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 <laughs> Although it's totally happened multiple yeah. times. But yeah, so the Camarilla was kind of like the proving ground for where White Wolf was going to go. Although I don't think, I could be wrong on this one, but I don't think the Camarilla was heavily involved in The Time of Judgment. In fact, I, I think the Time of Judgment kind of dropped a bomb on the Camarilla because they had started pushing the cannon in a
0: different direction that White Wolf ended up not going. See, so I kind of want to get into this because New Wad, <laughs> New Wad came at a, at a point where a lot of us that were still playing like base troop games, like I was, mm. and it came at such a time that it felt bad. Like it didn't, it didn't fit any of the previous story that we were we were fed. It kind of built its own new mythos, and the the clans were all changed, and you know the names were changed to protect the innocent or some shit. Yeah, basically. Um, and it, well, it was a very heavy
1: restructuring, and that like, see, I felt almost the exact opposite. Um, like I felt like there was. If they didn't pay off on where the storyline was going in the current World of Darkness, in the uh, old World of Darkness, as it were, they they had been building up to the end of the world. And if they didn't pay it off, it would have gotten kind of dry and played out. So, And I'm, I I give them so much credit for doing it, and I'm glad they did. And I was so excited for the new World of Darkness.
0: Okay. So, and I'm going to I'm going to kind of give you my my reasons, my reasonings as to why New Wad felt bad. So, I love Call of Cthulhu. It's one of my it's one of my favorite settings for games. And not just because of an insanity tracker. No, the, no, the Lovecraft not the mythos. The, is the Lovecraft mythos is amazing. great. Amazing. The one thing that always kills me with Cthulhu games is people trying to and I hate to say this, because this is, this sounds like a weird, like, stereotypical thing in my brain now that I'm getting ready to say it out loud. I don't like the, the time change. Like, I don't like updating it to modern, modern, times. modern times. Because one of the things that always made H.P. Lovecraft stick so well in my mind was that, like, 20s vibe. Like, that, or that, you know, the being in Rhode Island feeling. Like, everything is very much set in a... Like a sea shanty town in yeah. Rhode Island, where shit goes wrong, and everybody everybody comes fish people or some shit. Kind of like how <laughs> Batman or like Gotham City is
1: always stuck somewhere between the 1930s and the 1990s. Yeah, <laughs> but with future technology, sometimes. Yeah,
0: so aesthetically, things fit better in my mind. And one of the things that I always liked to do with Vampire was set the game back in the 90s.
1: That so gothic
0: in, punk atmosphere that yeah, the game was because built on, like that, with the with what I'm referring to is I'm or I'm going to refer to as the end of goth culture, or mainstream goth culture,
1: or even. Please send your flame mails about how goth isn't dead. To yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so I don't like to say mainstream goth culture because the one thing about goth culture was trying to not be mainstream. <laughs> But it ended up becoming I, I, mainstream. I, I, but but was, after, after the plague that was after the plague that was mainstream goth. <laughs> back in the early nineties, when, when
1: hot was, Topic showed up in every mall, yeah, and everybody had the same Invader Zim
0: hoodie. Back before that era of goth, like in the early nineties and the late eighties, where we had that like counterculture counterculture I that was just actually say that, that, that appeared. That's what it's set on. It's so gritty and it feels so unique. Absolutely, and it doesn't feel unique to me when you said it in 2011 <laughs> or 2017. Now or uh, well, 2019. Actually, now, actually, yeah, time's kind of getting past. Because it. the thing is, is when you get like, and this is one of the things that I loved about Bloodlines, Uh Vampire of the Masquerade. We haven't Bloodlines. even gotten to Bloodlines. Yeah. Oh my god, Vampire of the Masquerade Bloodlines was. Set in what two thousand two? I, I think it,
1: no. I think it was like set in like um, I think it was set in the late nineties. It came out in like two thousand two, two thousand three. It came
0: out. It came out the exact same day as Half Life Two.
1: Yeah. Okay. There
0: we go. The exact same day because they had they were built on the same engine from Valve and they had this weird embargo that the game had to release <laughs> at the earliest that day. Yeah. And because they were in weird constraints with Troika, there was this whole thing, and blah 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 blah. They had to push the game out early. Gaming politics. Yeah, it became a weird thing because the game was actually ready but not really ready like 2 months before that date but that was their end date so they just had to hold on to it for two more months or some bullshit it's weird the, the 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 game is still alive to this day because of modders it absolutely is and they have done things that make it make a game that came out in the early 2000s still feel like a game that could be played today like Fix some of the game-breaking bugs. Yes. <laughs> the, they, fixed, because, they fixed almost all of the game-breaking bugs. Yeah, they did. <laughs> they added some new ones, though. Because, uh, again, this is still built on the Valve engine.
1: <laughs> I, well, I mean, even, like, I played, like, I've always, I, I i always felt kind of old school. Because I played and was in love with uh, Vampire the Masquerade
0: Redemption. Which Redemption, was, by far, was actually my favorite of the two games. Although, I will go back and I will defend Bloodlines against game. Oh, no, absolutely. Bloodlines was amazing. For what they dealt with during development of that game and how that game ended up being what it is, Mm. if you haven't played it, play it. Go you on can Steam. find it on down, Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam. It's on uh, good old games. It's on all those platforms. Like, you can find it. It is dirt cheap, and there is a modding community that will update the graphics
1: for you, <laughs> and they will fix broken quests. It's like a Bethesda game, only, you know, good. <laughs> Bloodlines was an amazing game, and it was an accomplishment for its time. Uh, Redemption just I holds that special place in my heart. I think it was mostly because of the fact that Redemption started you in the dark ages in the dark ages as a crusader who gets turned into a vampire and has to adjust to life as a vampire and then just when he's starting to get his get his bearings and you know he understands who he is and the world that he's been introduced to he goes to sleep for 400 years and wakes up in the 1990s in Detroit
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Fish out of water story. (laughs) (laughs) Just so you know, just so just 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 a little. Also, also, it had one of the best sequences I think ever in a game where you play a vampire. I think Legacy of Kain did this at one point too, where you play you're playing and you get stuck somewhere and the sun comes out. Oh, and you are literally dodging beams of of light. uh, I remember actually one of the. It was actually one of the. Like, this was at a time where I didn't realize that there was a light ray engine in, <laughs> in any game and like I don't think they had a game engine that did light rays better than Redemption Probably did at not, that yeah. at that point in time. And you're sitting there, you're literally dodging plots of sunlight. <laughs> Through this old
1: abandoned house with like where there's like breaks in the boards one, Or I think it was like a mansion
0: or a church or something. I can't remember. Like, I remember it. Is it, it was an old, like, dilapidated uh, mm-hmm. high-rise. Because, like, you're on the third floor and you have to get all the way downstairs. Yep. And you originally start, like, halfway outside on a catwalk. Yeah. Going in through a window <laughs> just before the sun comes up. It's, it, it's a really uh, well-done sequence in Redemption. And, again... The game got kept alive by its modding community longer than it probably should have. It is harder to find nowadays. Well, I believe I
1: believe Redemption is on Steam, but I don't know how active the modding community
0: because like, no, Well, the modding community is like not yeah, now, but it because everybody went over the because it, it, it ran off of a it ran off of a a, a, a BattleNet type. Um, well, platform th- for a while yeah. because you could there was an online component that's that right
1: that. oh my god that's right there was a storyteller mode and all that crap yeah
0: so there was a, there was a, li- oh. a, a live storyteller mode that played online and you could literally uh, land together and play mm-hmm. and it was one of the first games that had an internet based activity and they used a battle.net type platform to do that yeah there
1: was some like a proprietary platform where you could uh, and or, that's one of the well, reasons why no, I don't why even think they used a platform I think you literally just had had to like dial up your friends.
0: I could be no wrong because about you that. Uh, and this is one well of no because you had to have multiple people on. Uh, you you yeah. literally it was literally like a um, the best way of putting this is it was early Counter Strike.
1: You okay, literally yeah. joined
0: a server like an an old Counter Strike server. You saw wow. a list of menu of servers. And it showed you how many people are currently playing on that server, and then it gave you like server rules in a little box and it mm-hmm. told you you cannot play clan asamite, you cannot play this, you cannot play this. Yep, yep, yep. And then some of them let you play like everything and some of them were asymite only because that <laughs> was a thing that game did things well beyond its it, it, its conventions of be like where, where it came in time because that game came out in the like mid 90s I
1: like I want to say 96 97 like it was like yeah it was around
0: that time it was I <sighs> love that game
1: Stan. I I, <laughs> I, I want to <laughs> go home and play play redemption now <laughs> uh, but yeah it was uh, white wolf actually kind of has a history of that of um a, like of being able, or of looking forward towards um, things that you wouldn't see in gaming for a while, yeah, um, which kind of would segue into one of the biggest tragedies of White Wolf uh, was the Vampire the Masquerade MMORPG,
0: the thing that never happened. The the
1: when they say this is why we can't have nice things. This is the nice thing we can't have. Yeah. Um, So let me let me get you give you a little bit of a of of a setup here. So White Wolf at a certain point merged with CCP Gaming or CCP Studios, I think they're called. It's the video game studio behind Eve Online. That sound you hear in the background is a thousand people's buttholes clenching (laughs) at the thought of Eve Online. Um, anyone unfamiliar with EVE Online, it is one of the most uh, brutal, but fair PvP environments in gaming. Um, we, I, did
0: you guys ever do a, an episode on? Eve online or like didn't we, we did it we did an episode on MMOs and I think Eve was touched upon yeah. because at the time I think I actually literally... I might have been in that episode. Yeah, I think you were in that MMO <laughs> episode. Um and I think the touch upon was literally because I had literally just watched something about how there was like a couple hundred million dollar Yeah, there was uh, like there fleet was bat starfleet mm-hmm. battle. Uh, over a planet, and then the servers crashed. Yeah, because there was so <laughs> many people logged in with so many ships in one star system <laughs> that the servers could not handle it. And literally, the destruction of ships in that game cost people real money. Well, it does. It has a real dollar value. Yeah, like you can dollar easily dollar. and like something like
1: hundreds of thousands of dollars went up in smoke that day. Um, no, it was like tens of millions.
0: I don't think it was, it might have been that much. I don't know. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But either way, so. it was like there's more money in that game than there should be. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So when anyone who like was familiar with White Wolf and especially f- familiar with CCP, when they heard that that was going to be the studio behind where uh, behind Vampire, The Masquerade Online, there was a shout of joy because that kind of brutal, personal, player driven role-play-driven gameplay is exactly what a vampire MMO would need. Yeah. And then it sat in development hell for about seven years. They almost kind of announced it was going to be released like 16 times, and then White Wolf split for
0: CCP. Yeah. Um, well, White Wolf, White Wolf came into what I'm going to refer to as White Wolf Traction. <laughs> um, they have broken their legs many times Trying to run through many one too many gates mm-hmm. And the gate that they ran into at that point in time Was they were literally trying to uh, self-publish Think it was 5e at the time? Or it may have been New Wad I forget what they uh, no, Oh, no, they were, uh, they, they, were Maybe... re, they were reintroducing the old world of darkness yeah. And kind of ending new world of darkness Yeah so, it was, yeah, it was the end of New Wad and they were doing all the revised editions of the yeah. books by themselves at the time without a publisher. And to give you an idea of what was going on, they're not a publishing company. Yeah, they're a game <laughs> they're, design they're, company. They're a game design company that happens to house a lot of really good writers. And I will give them credit for that. To try to self-publish was not a good thing. And th- this is... This is one of the many mistakes that they have made over the years, and so many mistakes. (laughs) So many mistakes, and a lot of it's been making wrong deals at wrong times with the wrong people. Trying to self-publish when you don't have publication set up, and these are kind of the hindrances that White Wolf has walked themselves into on multiple occasions. They bite off more than they can chew, but they are really good at what they do. Yeah, when when it it, when it works, they release amazing stuff. And they've come into they've come into a lot of clashes recently because people don't understand references to things like they used to. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, they made they made a they made a bad reference, and I'm not going to try to defend them. Yeah, on it. it was I, a bad I, reference. I don't want to get into it, but they. They politicized a a group of vampires that are supposed to be heavily politicized. They are, but they they gave them the wrong politics yeah. to defend. At let's, the time. let's let's leave. But it that's at that. the thing. They, they they're always they're the rabble rousers. That's what they're supposed to be. And I will I will kind of defend that aspect <laughs> of it. But I'm not going to defend. The we'll politics ha, we'll have it. that conversation
1: outside of the show because yeah. we don't want to get into too much of that. But yeah, they they. Uh, a few people uh, did not like the direction that they were going,
0: and then they realized the they content. should not. They should not have a Twitter account. That was another yeah. thing that happened, <laughs> and that's and fine and dandy. I, you know, you can't how you can't control everything your PR people say, and right. some PR people well, yeah, shouldn't be PR was,
1: people. One of them was the guy that had been running the company since the nineties. So, who is no? He shouldn't be a PR person. Yeah, no, he shouldn't be.
0: And- Keep your big mouth shut <laughs> Keep your personal politics to yourself Hire a PR guy And pray to God he's somewhat sane Because <laughs> there's been a couple PR guys out there That have done stupider shit than even he did And to be fair They're actually PR people And and well, you know Controversy creates cash Sometimes it works out for you There was a PR guy that said that, that Pepsi ad was a good idea Remember the Pepsi ad <laughs> that was a bad idea? Yeah, it was a bad idea There was a PR guy behind that so either way, um so hey, that kind
1: of brings us to Modern White Wolf. Uh the company has just recently been massively restructured.
0: They got a new publisher. They got They're a new publisher. They're doing well-ish. They oh. they they did they did manage to uh crowdfund the publication of V5 of oh, uh, V5.
1: Well, yeah, which I uh, God, was that that
0: was released, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, like V5. I've been I've been out
1: of the loop for the last couple
0: years. So uh, this is kind of why I wanted to have you on because I'm in the middle of a V5 game with Will, and I also had invited Will to come out, but unfortunately he had issues come about. He had work and stuff and blah, 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 and just didn't have time for tonight. Uh, I may actually try to record something small with him tomorrow, but that's not a promise or anything. But V5 came out. I'm playing a V5 game. V5 is very much restructured uh, revised oh, well, edition. It, it it is the old wad. It's the same story. It takes place after the time of thin bloods, and what ends up happening instead of Gehenna and the mm-hmm. end of times, the elders start to disappear. So they've made the game very new vampire friendly, not necessarily thin blood friendly, but yeah, but new vampire, young friendly. vampire, friendly. young vampire friendly. <laughs> And it makes the which is a good
1: place to start a game.
0: Yeah, and it makes the game feel a lot smoother because one, you no longer spend blood. What? Yeah, you the the game now runs off of a hunger system. So it's actually a very interesting system, um, and I, I, I'll kind of explain what I'm talking about. So now, every single time you activate a power, you roll a rouse dice. Or anytime you, every day. Arousal you, dice? R- <laughs> rouse. Somebody's been reading too much and need a Blake. <laughs> no. Uh, rouse, as in to wake up. Because gotcha. It's, it's the same dice that you roll when you wake up. So they called them rouse checks for activating powers. If you fail the rouse check, you get hungrier. Your okay. hunger increases. Because essentially you're running lower on blood. You're just not spending blood the way you used to. Okay, that's interesting. And now
1: it's to- Although I got to say just kind of as a tangent off of that during the time of thin blood and this is one of my favorite things <laughs> one of my favorite things about about White Wolf in general. So, um for those who don't know, the original Vampire the Masquerade ran off of a blood point system. You literally had x number of bloods inside you. Um, the younger you were, or the older you were, the more blood you could hold, the more blood points you would have. It basically was on a sliding scale of between ten and fifty. Mm-hmm. For like the oldest vampires, they basically had unlimited blood, um, and you would refill. And they could spend like six in a round. Yeah, and the, the older you were, the more you could spend at one point, etc. A normal human being has ten blood points. Uh, a thirteenth generation, which was like the default a uh, vampire also held 10 blood points. So you could refill all your blood by killing one human or feed off of 10 humans, et cetera, or whatever. But you had a very finite amount of blood. During the time of Thin Blood, a character in the game discovered the blood point by, like, discovered the actual metric, metric of measuring how much blood was in a character's system by measuring, like, you know, how many times they could activate this power or how many times they could uh you know how, how many times they could make themselves breathe because you had to spend blood to look human and like and figured out that like older vampires held more and like a it, it, the absurdity of that that would be like discovering hit points in D&D or, <laughs> disco- or like discovering spell I know I'm slots at 3 of- hit points Clary <laughs> Exactly <heal me. laughs> um like it was it, like Straight up the, you know, how are you feeling? On a scale of 1 to 47, how about a 9? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, that that kind of stuff is... Like, there's gems like that hidden all throughout, you know, vampire and white wolf mythology. But, sorry, I, I didn't mean to digress. But No, I, that I, is, I, 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 I,
0: <laughs> I approve of said tangent. Dr. Um, Netchurch. I love that character. So... Yes, now there's now is there, now there is this system where you have hunger and hunger is kind of your link to your beast and now your beast is actually a more present thing because now every single time your hunger rises the beast becomes more prevalent you have a you have a larger chance of losing yourself to your beast to frenzy for those at home the
1: beast is uh, the uh, persona of basically your beast
0: Inner uh, predator. Your inner predator for a vampire. Yeah. So, in vampire, there's a state called frenzy, which is a bloodlusted uncontrollable rage or fear or... Blade Two vampires. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but without the... the...
0: <laughs> One of the best things about the new WAD system, though, I have to say, is the introduction of uh, no more... Uh, power levels as you perceive them in previous vampire. Wait, the new one or just fifth that? If, yeah, if V5. V5. Okay. V5. So there are, there are levels one, two, three, four, and five, just like any other time. However, now when you buy a dot of a power, you can buy, so for first basic, most of the times, there's two different powers listed. You can either buy okay. one or the other. You're not buying first and then second basic. Okay. You buy a level one power, you buy a level two power, you buy a level three power. That's actually very similar to the way it
1: was in first edition LARP.
0: Yes. That's that's interesting. So, you can also buy powers in, in weird fashions. So, there are what are referred to as amalgam powers, which you may remember as duo disciplines or combination disciplines. Okay, combo disciplines, yeah. Amalgam powers are powers that you have access to once you have the... Necessary, prerequisite. the prerequisite dots of other powers. Okay, um, so I, that
1: was actually, I believe, that concept, and I'm glad they kept that. That was introduced kind of in New World of Darkness, where like as long as you met this threshold and this threshold, you could use this, yeah,
0: co- you know, this power. So one of the one of the advantages of the whole new dot system is a uh, an amalgam power will fall under the rules of that power but can be bought from either tree of powers. Okay. So if, if it requires you to have two dots in Dominate and one dot in Presence, your second dot in Presence can now be that Amalgam Power, even though it's listed under Dominate. Okay. that's an, And we're leaving
1: half the audience yeah. behind on this, getting into the nitty-gritty. So the nitty-gritty on but. this
0: is that Powers now work in a very interesting way, in a a way that they didn't used to. And not all powers are combat-focused. Celerity, which used to be a completely combat-focused power, is now pretty much a traversal power that has some combat implications. Because being able to get to someone in the blink of an eye before they can react... Can definitely be combat useful. Absolutely, and you know that comes
1: that that's a lot closer to how vampires are typically portrayed in movies. Like we, any everyone's seen that uh, you know a vampire, the Vampire diary or was it the Vampire Diaries? Not the Vampire Diaries, True Blood. True Blood. There we go. That's the one. I was like the one with Lafayette. Who <laughs> True Blood did it a lot, where you'd have that like blurry speed run and then like they just go from point A to point B really
0: fast. If you like, saw Queen of the Damned every yeah, action yeah, sequence every at time, that. Every time a
1: vampire traveled more than four feet. <laughs> <laughs> but but you rarely see vampires fighting in that at that speed. Except in Queen of the Damned. Mm-hmm. But but yeah ah. it, it's usually much more of get there and then And then fisticuffs and at then normal f- speed. <laughs> Fist of fangs. Yeah, but but again
0: I would... it, it, they did thing they did things where they condensed powers they did things where they rearranged things powers now have the names of older powers but have no representation <laughs> like fleetness is now level 3 but it didn't do what but fleetness my, does yeah. what, at level 5 in the old books there are, there are very interesting things that they have rearranged and made v5 a very interesting and fun system because again it goes back to that root of you can play this game without ever touching your dice. However, we're going to throw in one dice roll every time you have to wake up, just to make it a system. Just to make sure that there's a game happening. Yeah.
1: And so would you recommend uh, to anyone who somehow has listened to everything we've said, (laughs) made some sort of sense out of it, um, and is interested in maybe trying it out. Would you Would you recommend V five as a good stepping I, I mean, on point?
0: V five is actually probably the best stepping on point that they've had in a long time. Since I want to say they did the original revised edition, like not mm-hmm. the not the after new wad revised, right? the, not uh, the, the revisited the mar- edition. The
1: green marble with the red rose. <laughs> there,
0: there's a weird thing where they revised <laughs> revised. It, yeah, the re-revised and, uh, re revised and okay, so <laughs> revised. When I think of revised, is second edition vampire, right? Yeah. Then there's the post New Wad revised, which I refer to as revisited because uh-huh. it's just New Wad. It's, it's well, they call it's it's call it, revised oh, edition, a, republished.
1: A uh, World of Darkness Chronicles, I think, is what they call it now. Is the what the new World of Darkness is because <laughs> they because that game line is still technically running, but it's not. I I it's complicated. Yeah, like everything with White Wolf. Um, it, as I'm sure you could probably tell, we could go on about this stuff for hours. And I, I me
0: can, and Eric <laughs> have spent a lot of time one playing in in this in the world of darkness, and two, kind learning. of thing like <laughs> learning and and thinking of stories to do with the the world of darkness because again, it is a very compelling and story driven facet. And the thing is, is half the time, a storyteller doesn't have to do. Much of, Much of anything. You literally set the setting, and then most of the time, if you've got a good group, especially with LARP, and I, I have to give LARP it, its props in this in, in this regard. LARP makes the game more about the players than the story that the storyteller might be trying to tell, because that's the thing with Vampire. Right now, in the in the in the in the V five game I'm in, Will has a story.
1: Boy, none of the people, none it.
0: of the no, none of the people in his story have any idea what the hell we're supposed to do, and we are horribly, we are horribly built for this story. We learned this very early on when we kept failing awareness rolls in the most fabulous fashion of all. Time. Like I, I might as well be blind in my game. My character was built to be the speaker. And kind of this like social like, I, I'm I'm essentially a cult leader. You freaking Torador! I'm not a Torador. satellite <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so the, oh, the Setite. When had, you Scott, said when you the Setites got leader. rebranded, they're now the Ministry.
1: Oh my God! Uh, well, yeah, I get. I guess <laughs> if you prove that your God doesn't exist, you have well, to change. No, some now stuff. now
0: they literally they're they're and this is one of the other things that they did that kind of re-establishes where their connections were. The ministry now have two different factions. One of the reasons why they rebranded is because they god, the, the Setites right had it. a civil war. I'm going to go into this now because I fucking love this clan. They've been one of my Strap in. Yeah. They have <laughs> been one of my favorite clans since back in the day, and essentially the concept of the Setite is that they are the followers of the god Set, the Egyptian god Set. And technically the descendants of. Yes. To them, Set was the first vampire. What turns out to be is that Cain is Set. Set is Cain. They are the same entity. That's some bullshit. (laughs) There is a separate antediluvian, because this is the thing. Oh, for fuck. There is a separate antediluvian (laughs) that is the personification of Set that they consider their antediluvian. But to them, Cain is Set. Set is (laughs) Cain. Like, essentially because of what... Cain goes through basically they went through the revisionism yeah they went through a weird revisionism <laughs> where literally the progenitor of all vampires is technically who they worship but he is not <laughs> responsible for them <laughs> in a way like it's 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 a hard concept to play off of but there's a separate entity the in which there uh, a certain follower of set creates this this whole faction of the clan based on this and that antediluvian actually has the power to speak through the blood in the new in the new canon, what? much like the Malkavian antediluvian I was did.
1: gonna say what like that, so they basically
0: had Malkavian's ability, but only for worshippers of him. So he's literally the blood god now.
1: That is the <laughs> dumbest and most awesome thing I've ever
0: heard. <laughs> exactly. <in my> life. <laughs> so one of the the the, the newest thing about. Uh, V5, is now you have lore sheets. Lore sheets give you new things as you take pa- points in lore sheets per dot of lore sheet. Each lore sheet is very different. The one for the, that sect of uh, the ministry literally gives you at the final dot, you start to hear the voice of your god. <laughs> it, it It is the mag- madness network. What yeah. the hell? And at that point you gain, like, essentially... A free mentor, but there's no longer called mentors. Their mall was. It's a weird thing. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, once again, I feel like we've, uh, we're digging, yeah, a we're digging deeper. a deep hole here.
1: We could go on about this for hours and we may have to do like if we can get a larger group together. By the way, it is empty in here. Yeah. What it, the
0: hell? I do apologize. This week was supposed to be everybody back to the table again. I finally am feeling better. I'm wearing a back brace at this moment, but no one can tell. <laughs> I'm almost positive. Like I
1: don't think I've been because you know I'm still holding my title as the most frequent guest
0: uh, appear on Ready Comics Roll. And I'm well. You're you're actually now. Well, hold what... on. Is somebody tra- challenging for my title? No, no, no. You are actually a member now. They're, oh, they're, God, that's. We consider you an actual member. We've actually increased our members table. <laughs> You're just now part of us. I'm so sorry. Well, I feel like John's been avoiding
1: me ever since the <laughs> Final Fantasy VII discussion. Because he knows he's wrong. <laughs> you hear me, John? Because um, I don't think, like, in the times that I've been on the show, I don't think he's been here since that episode.
0: I, I, I th- He missed the MMO episode because he doesn't really play MMOs. Mm-hmm. He never really got into them. He the missed- only one he really played was City of Heroes, and that was even short-lived... And uh, DC uh, UO, which was also short-lived. Um He missed the Royal Rumble and the WrestleMania.
1: Because he, he doesn't watch wrestling. Because he doesn't watch wrestling. Because he's a punk bitch. <laughs> um, and then... Because he's a jabroni. Because he's a jabroni. <laughs> Slap nuts. <laughs> but either way, yeah, no, I know you... I, I, I don't think I haven't noticed. I know you'll listen to this. I. You've been avoiding me. At some point, we're going to
0: be back at this table. We're going to have some words. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, I kind of apologize, because, again, this kind of fell on a weird week, and I've been injured or out of commission or sick or out of town for, like, the last three weeks. So I haven't been on an episode in what feels like a month. And now I'm coming back and everybody else leaves. Um, (laughs) And I'm here, And I got him. (laughs) So they're going to refer to me as the plague of the show now. Awesome. I was already wrong all the damn time, but now I'm going to (laughs) be the plague, too. But, anyways, I think that's going to wrap us out. Roll yeah, us out right now. <laughs> this has been another episode of Ready Comics Roll. We are a proud member of the But Why Thou podcast community. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and all other social medias listed down below. And if you want to dive into the incredibly complex cosmology of White Wolf with the Ready Comics Roll crew and other rollers, be sure to check us out on Discord. And don't forget to follow us over on Twitch for random live streams throughout the week. And if you'd like to keep our hunger levels from rising... Head on over to Patreon and become a supporter today.